Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut Who is up, man? Listen. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. <laughs> I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Sage. And the Betches Sub Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit in the news brought to you by your three funniest friends. Which is us, baby. We made wow. it. We're here. It's Monday. <laughs> the day. Okay. The I can't even describe. <laughs> I know. We've been waiting for no. this. We've been working for this. The, I, I'm speechless. My jaw's on the floor. Do you guys is, have anything I know. to say? No, I mean, we've been recording podcasts since it became clear Biden was going to win on like Thursday, but this is still different. This episode is being recorded Monday morning. On Saturday, a drop of votes from Pennsylvania gave networks confidence to call the state for Joe Biden. The 20 votes took Biden over the edge. He won the presidency Saturday morning. Where, okay, let's go in order. Elise. Where were you when it happened? Actually, I, I remember. I know where you were. I was fully nude, about to get into the shower, and CNN was playing on in the background, and I was getting all my stuff together, and I was about to like switch my blue to my Bluetooth speaker in the shower, and I um I heard them call it. You did for Joe, or, or wait, actually, I'm sorry. Then I saw the text, and then it came on the TV, and I was like. Ah, and so like did you take a shower no no (laughs) no 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 the shower was put on an immediate hold (laughs) i kind of ran out and then i was naked so i had to put i had to like put fast clothes on like i like a sweatshirt and like little shorts and I ran out to my front deck and my neighbor came out Aww. and everyone was like honking the horn and like their their horns and like screaming and like all these other people were on their roofs, like jumping for joy. It was incredible. Just like when Saddam got overthrown. <laughs> I mean, that's what it felt like. It literally and I heard some journalists say I've covered American elections and Middle Eastern elections and this feels like. This feels like this nation just overthrew a tyrant, the things I'm seeing in the streets. We went to, Mike dragged me out for brunch. We went uptown for brunch. And um, yeah, we just heard one Where'd scream. Where'd City you Diner. Oh, okay. Yeah, on the Upper West Side. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I don't live anywhere near. We just felt like going up there. We heard a scream and we we're like, oh shit, this must be it. And like, I was, you know, I want, like, I had content to put up. So like Mike was helping you. I was like, I can't put, he told me who called it. I was like, I need, I need two. And then within moments, every network had called it. Mm-hmm. So it was time. And then within, within minutes, everybody was out in the street. I was like, 
I think I was like commanding authority at the diner because everybody was sort of <laughs> looking around like, are you sure? Because I was decision clearly, desk diner. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was like clearly celebrating and ready. And everyone around was sort of like, really? Like, how do you know this is it? This is it. And I was just like, no, you guys, this is really it. And this I is like my job. It, it felt amazing to give those people permission to then be like, holy shit. I mean, then so, and then within moments, everybody was out on the street and mm-hmm. people were playing music. And I thought it was so funny that like if you had showed me a video of large groups of mass people just cheering for mail trucks a year ago yeah. we'd be like yeah. what <laughs> right like millennial like i feel like two years ago the biggest joke was like the idea of a millennial mailing something <laughs> and now it's like usps are our heroes yeah. like we should be selling us buying usps merch for fun <laughs> it's like ironic i and, know yeah I mean, you know, at least like you validated my fear that I've had all week of taking a shower. (laughs) (laughs) It really, I really, I'm glad that I hadn't actually had to, I hadn't gotten wet yet. Yeah. Right. Right. Because that's another level. No, that would have been horrible. I would have been slipping and sliding all over the place. You know, when they called it, I was just sitting on the couch like hysterically laughing about the four seasons oh, yeah. little landscaping thing. Well, we'll it's like it almost that. shortened it. Well, you know, it, it's come back, but, but I was just, I was like going hard on the four seasons total landscaping content, like waiting to see what was going to happen there. And just really just praying that they would call it for Pennsylvania during the four yeah. seasons total landscaping <laughs> uh, scenario, which is what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> it was so great. I don't think I could have imagined a more fulfilling end. No, it was like one of the most magical 30 minutes of my entire life. Like I, I didn't want to go to brunch, but Mike dragged me out. I wanted to be by the TV and, but I was so happy that I was outside. And then, like I said, we were far from home. So we got in a cab and just the cab took like an hour to get back downtown, but it was amazing. I felt like I was like at the front of the parade. We drove by, um, (laughs) Trump Tower and Mike took a video. I had him take a video that's now been viewed over 2 million times. He's very proud because people instantly just flooded out there. I literally felt I threw, I was like in the Beyonce video. I threw half of my body out of the cab, looked up into the air and flicked off Trump hotel. And it was in the best top five moments of my life for sure. Also, I feel like something to just say also is that it was a beautiful weekend in New York. Oh Yeah. Like yeah. global warming levels. Like, yes. I mean, yeah, the reason for the weekend we can get into it another time now that we have a new president <laughs> we're rejoining yeah. the Paris Climate Accords. But either way, gorgeous weekend in yeah. New York. Sun's sun sun's still shining to this day. And I remember the day after Trump got elected. Horrible weather. Cold. It was rainy. Everybody was crying. It was a horrible day. And this was the complete opposite. I know. And it was amazing because everybody else was already outside. It was 11 o'clock, 70 degree weather. Everybody was already outside. It was an instant party. And then Sean was sending us pictures. I mean, everybody's seen the pictures from from everywhere. But yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I'm curious how your reactions differed from what you expected when this news came down. What kills me a little bit, Amanda, is that like you were right near my apartment. And if I had been home instead of upstate, like, I know. I would have been there with you. I know. Well, I did. I ran into Ashley, who we work with. Like, I saw her posting and I was like, girl, you're a block away. Come up here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, that that disappointed I me because we would have had a little bit of a reunion and that yeah, would have been yeah. beautiful. But I mean, I, it, was I it was lovely. Just drank 
for, you know, the afternoon. Oh, yeah. We got champagne at the diner. I think I was the first person to ever ask for champagne in there. They were like, I think we have some. Sure. <laughs> so I read that um, like more champagne was sold than on the past two New Year's combined. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, New York like almost ran out of champagne and D.C. sold more champagne than like oh. has ever been sold in the city of D.C. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, most of it ended up like on the floor or in fountains, I'm sure. But yes. yeah, I mean, like we said, it felt like something different than a sports team winning or a political victory. It felt like we had stopped something really, really terrible from happening. Yeah. And I think I expected there to be like, what I had thought a lot about leading up to it was like the moment we found out. And even though we had so many reasons to leave, it would not be like one static quick moment. It would probably be like a protracted affair. I still envision that. What I hadn't really thought about is like after that moment and how that I would undergo a physical transformation I feel like I've gone back in time. Do you guys feel that way? Yeah, I felt like a huge weight off. Like I feel like I've had literal weight on my shoulders and like my chest making it hard to breathe. And I felt it throughout the weekend, just progressively getting like lighter and lighter as the news set in more. And I was able to sleep 12 hours last night without being like, I must look at Twitter. Yeah. <gasps> What's happening? It. There, the sense of relief was really strange and immediate in a way that I like, I just was not expecting. And I don't know, I guess because we knew that it's going to be this protracted process and we'll get into the outgoing president's behavior <laughs> at a different point. It like I was worried that we wouldn't have that immediate moment of celebration and all of this stuff. And then it happened in such a beautiful way. And it was so total. And there was so much fear that I felt leave me. Yeah. That yeah. It was really, really very cool. And it was so, it was really different than like, cause obviously when Obama was elected, I remember that. And it was like very jubilant. But it was, this was different than that. Yeah. This had this a was, like relief to it. Relief is not a strong <laughs> enough word. It, because yeah. we all knew what the alternative was. It's not like it, the, it was either this or it was like a really, really bad scenario going yeah. forward. Right. With Obama, it was like an incredible, proactive, celebratory victory. It's like we, we pursued, like we have this amazing next step. Whereas this was the alternative was like, we narrowly, we escaped something. We escaped yes. something really, really dangerous. And I felt more of a sense of, I mean, this is something I want to be thinking a lot about personally. Like it is a very divided country and it felt really like our team is celebrating because we beat it back and it feels I, I don't know. It's unified. a beautiful, no, not at all. But I felt an incredible amount of pride for like my team. Yes. Yeah. For like for the half of America or more than half um, that more agrees, than half that agrees <laughs> with us, um, it it really feels like ugh, it felt like good one out over evil. Like Avi really? kept being like good one, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm sure everybody saw what Van Jones. I know people have a lot of opinions on Van Jones, but what he said on CNN, which is like, this would have been a really bad situation had he gotten another four more years. Like it would have really changed everything and it would have been really hard for people to believe that being good is ever worth doing. 
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. All right. So after 34 years in the Senate, eight as the vice president and three attempts to move to the White House, Joe Biden's application was finally approved. He can move <laughs> in. You're hired, Joe. Jan 20. <laughs> welcome to the co-op. This made Kamala Devi Harris the first woman, first black person, first South Asian person, first biracial woman, first child of immigrants to become the vice president. Four years ago, she had become the first, um, basically all of those, but in the Senate for California. Uh, Joe Biden also made history as the oldest person elected to POTUS. Mm -hmm. And he was the youngest senator when he became a senator. I, that's right. That's right. How are, so. how are you feeling with your uh, Delaware pride, Elise? I've got Delaware, uh, University of Delaware nails for today. <laughs> I'm rocking my rubber chicken sweatshirt, but that's just because yes. it's my favorite sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a great day for Delaware. I I love I love Delaware. It's not my home state, but it is my alma mater. It's not Joe Biden's either. <laughs> it, but um, you're not even from Delaware, Joe. Yeah, Joe and Son of Scranton. Our first lady, Doctor Jill, did both yes. go there, and yeah. so I've long said that I would see the University of Delaware rise, and here we are. Yes, here we are. A here we head. are. Something I think is interesting and, and beautiful about Jill Biden is that she's going to keep her full-time job as a teacher, 
which is I, this is the first time a first lady has ever done that. Like there, there are the regular people that they campaigned as. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do wonder how she, I mean, they have to do what she wants to do, but it's going to be quite an affair to get her back and forth safely. I would suspect from teaching to, I mean, unless as we, we carded the fucking obese turtle on his back, that's true. To and fro from Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> that's like, a good point. The secret times. service is like nothing you can ask. You're right. That's a good point. Anything they ask the secret service from now on is like, as long as it's not like the crazy shit he made us do, it's fine. I think we can handle sending Jill Biden to community college at this point. Yeah, that's yes. I, um, <laughs> I just also keep thinking about like, the difference for our education system to have Jill Biden as our first lady and Betsy DeVos removed from her post. It was that was like a second wave of excitement for me was realizing like, oh, we didn't just lose him. It's all these other fucking horrible, horrible people. Bill Barr, Betsy DeVos, Jared, Jared, Ivanka, Mike Pompeo. I never have to give a single shit what Jared Kushner is doing ever again. again. But ever we still again. have to give a shit what Susan Collins is doing, which is that's, that's true. unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know what's going what went on with that, but well, okay. Well, something I, I did want to bring up um, just, I know we're talking about the presidency right now, but Democrats don't know how to celebrate or message. And we might take the Senate still basically. Yeah. This election in Georgia is like a very surgical midterm election happening and we have a huge chance here and we should be celebrating that that we don't we shouldn't let them think they won because they didn't fucking win. We can still take the Senate. We can still win this Alaska race. They still are not counting those votes. Yeah. I don't know what is up there. Right. When you get hired for like a new huge job, you don't go in there. And if they're like, yeah, we're not going to like help you build a team or anything. You just have to deal with like obstruction all the time. Or if they're like, actually, if you work really hard for the first two months, you get a team and you can get all your stuff passed. Okay, guys, let's fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. We have to. We're like all eyes on Georgia now. Which would be absurd. Absurd conditions for hiring, by the way. I, I think that's not allowed, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Biden won Georgia, so we can win both races. Still could see, we absolutely we still have can. to see this Alaska thing. I'm holding out hope for Alaska. Um, we had Al Gross on on yeah. our voting party show, Elise, and we did. he was a gem. Like, I he, think that man could win in Alaska. And then we'd only have to get one in Georgia, but like both candidates in Georgia, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, they're great candidates. We've got time. Their opponents are literal. We have a pandemic profiteer and I believe uh, David Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. I don't know anything about him. (laughs) I know that I know that during the uh, the debate, John Ossoff called him a crook and it wasn't like fact checked as inaccurate. So. Ossoff called Purdue a crook over his pandemic stock trades. So in both cases, we're running against pandemic profiteers. Like that's a very easy message. It's very. Yes. And Loeffler was never elected in the first place. No. So, well, yeah, it's just, I mean, now it's like this entire, all of these people, all of us who came together to get Joe Biden elected, like, let's do it for Georgia friends. Let's right. do it. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, obviously, it, Georgia was very activated and motivating and had crazy turnout. So I feel like the 
I don't want to be like, Georgia, you can do it. Like they already did it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like this could motivate the people that did feel like maybe they didn't feel like they had a dog in the fight or they didn't feel strongly enough. Like, oh, shit, it's your power as a Georgia voter right now, if you are one, is like you have you wield disproportionate yeah. power in American democracy right now. <laughs> like normally it's like Wyoming voters and stuff. No, now is your time. Like yeah. it is literally up to you to save democracy. And I think that if that message comes through, people will be like, oh, shit. Yeah, like it's really yeah. worth me going. Biden will probably win Georgia by like 10. To, I, don't, I don't know where we're at. It's right now he's ahead at like 10,000 votes. But I mean, these margins were thin. So people are seeing yeah. that like, Every single vote really matters. I'm also curious to see how those go because especially Leffler in the end, well, and Purdue, he skipped his last debate. We're really focusing on Trump. And they were like, we can push Trump's agenda in Georgia. What are you going to hit your wagon to when Trump's gone? I mean, maybe Trump will always be a calling card for people because he did get 70 million people to vote for him. But like, that doesn't really say anything about your ability to govern. If you're saying, well, I love Trump and I'm going to pursue Trump's agenda in a Biden presidency. Maybe yeah. that will, I mean, actually I saying that out loud, I'm sure there are some people that are like, fuck yeah. I think their road is going to be like, if you don't elect us, then the Democrats get to do whatever they want. I True. think that's going to yeah. be their message. And our message has to be, if you elect us, then the Democrats get to do whatever they want. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it really just, it, uh, it depends on how many people <laughs> like or dislike. Let's just save hundreds of millions of dollars and just all run the same ads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then you get a true measurement of what people want. Yeah. yeah. At Truly. least in Georgia. I mean, I don't know that much about Georgia politics, but a lot of people do and are going to be telling us a lot about yeah. it. It's definitely going to be yeah. a, 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 one of our definitely the biggest focus for the next two months. We will be all over it. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's get into the victory speeches that we finally got on Saturday. We finally got full-throated victory speeches after a couple days of like, yay, guys, keep calm. We got this. It's going to be good. So Kamala Harris spoke first. She congratulated voters on their historic achievement, specifically women and specifically black women. Let's listen. And to the woman most responsible for my presence here today, my mother, Shamala Gopalan Harris, who is always in our hearts. Uh, When she came here from India at the age of 19, she maybe um, didn't quite imagine this moment, but she believed so deeply in an America where a moment like this is possible. And so I am thinking about her and about the generations of women 
black women. Asian, white, Latina, Native American women who throughout our nation's history have paved the way for this moment tonight. It's so amazing after all this time hearing that anyone can be president, a woman could be president, any person of any race could be president, to actually see it happening, actualized, is so important because for so long it felt like, oh, we hear that, but is that really true? I don't see much evidence of that, but it's here, it's in front of us and it's happening. Yeah, it's almost, you know, you saw a couple images going around over the weekend showing, you know, 45 mostly white male vice presidents. There was somebody who um, of Native American descent. And those images were really striking to me because I think that gender equality has like, in general, surpassed in society where it is in the White House or in presidential politics. Like mm -hmm. we've, women are in high places in a lot of places and we wield we're getting to a place where we wield as much influence as we are, as we like compose of the population. So this feels so overdue that it is extra gratifying that it is a woman of color to sort of make up for the fact that this is so delayed. Like a woman would have been amazing, of course, but there is a sense of like, but like really now, now what it took yeah. this long. So I think the fact that we were able to just crush two barriers at once made it i mean she's not president but we have a woman who's in the white house who's on a ticket it felt really special and important that it was not a white woman yeah and i i really felt like even beyond like just the fact that she's a woman of color it's also that like she comes from an immigrant background she's fucking young she's fucking cool she yeah. like she dresses I don't know, like a like a professional modern woman. It's all this. There's just so many different aspects to it that when I was watching her speech, I would like, and she had that, that she did that great white Amazing. outfit, which I am just so impressed with SNL for going on at 11 and having Maya Rudolph in the exact outfit. Like they spoke at 9.30. So hats <laughs> off to the team at 30 Rock. That I wonder crazy. if there was anybody who like knew anyone at the campaign that was like, yo, what's she going to wear? You got to tell me. I literally thought the same thing. I was like, I wonder if they have a thing where like they send like a text with Kamala's outfit to SNL or something. Yeah. I was just like, damn, they got the whole fucking fit. Anyway. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, she's she's younger. She married later in life. She's, yeah, a, she's step a step mom. Exactly. There, she's it's so many barriers. Like, yeah, it's so many barriers that like we should have gotten a woman on this ticket decades ago. So it is yes. a little bit. It doesn't fully like I'm not fully vindicated or gratified that it took so long. But it's like, all right, good. We needed to check a lot of other boxes this time to to make up for the fact that it took this long. And we we got we checked some yeah. boxes. I think what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is it feels like she's like a modern woman. Like she's a woman for this time. And obviously like Joe Biden, you said he's the oldest president. He's someone who's been around for a really long time. But when I was looking at her up there, I guess she's Gen X, right? So it, like there was something, I know that part of the reason why he chose her and like he's said a bunch of times that he's a transitional president, seeing her up there was like, there was something special to that and something that felt like, oh, this is the new, like, this is a baton pass. 
because it's not just her it's not just her age it's her whole ethos it's how she's a trailblazer she's distinctly not kelly loffler and she's not mm-hmm. yeah Pence. and she's like you said she's a modern woman and i think that even though she's not the president biden originally had said that he only want he didn't want to run a second time so when he picked her he was picking her with the thought of like she could be a real viable successor for me she could be a leader of the democratic party and she could win so it wasn't just that he that he picked her as like the number two like i even the fact that he had her speak is not usual. It's usually only the president that gives the victory speech. So I think he really wants, he's signaling that he really wants to partner with her and set her up to be his successor. Yeah. And I think he acknowledged that in his victory speech, acknowledged the voters that continue to put this party into power um, and who will make up the bulk of the party and keeping us in power in the future um, and made a call for unity, but did make a point to single out and thank those who did deliver him this victory, promising to have their back in office. Let's listen to that clip. I'm proud of the campaign we built and ran. I'm proud of the coalition we put together, the broadest and most diverse coalition in history, Democrats, Republicans, independents, progressives, moderates, conservatives, young, old, urban, suburban, rural, gay, straight, transgender, white, Latino, Asian, Native American. I mean it, especially those moments, and especially those moments where this campaign was at its lowest ebb. The African American community stood up again for me. You've always had my back, and I'll have yours. I mean, I think it's really important that he says that. I think that the African-American community has gone without being acknowledged for what they mean to the Democratic Party and being taken for granted by the Democratic Party for a long time. I mean, we look at we look at the African community and African-American community and mass and see how they voted. We look at actual just individual African-Americans like Stacey Abrams, who mm-hmm. delivered <laughs> fucking Georgia and well, like. There needed to be explicit thanks, and I hope that it is followed by explicit, uh, like, policy and explicit representation within the cabinet and all of that, all of that stuff. Like, it needs to go beyond that thank you, but that thank you also really needed to happen. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how quickly... We had Zerlina Maxwell on the podcast a couple months ago, and she wrote a book called The End of White Politics that spells out that this narrative of like 70,000 white voters in three states are what cost Democrats the election. But if you really look in 2016, like there wasn't as much turnout among certain African-American communities because they just weren't approached appropriately. And there was a turnout issue there that was the Democrats' fault. And after I read that, I was like, yeah, this we're it's really strange to focus just on these middle class white voters. We'll talk about this a lot in the coming months, but it looks like some of the Democratic Party is already in the postmortem being like what happened there. Yeah. But it was amazing that after the election, you know, I'm not hearing that much about how like, oh yeah, yay, we got back like a, a hundred thousand white voters. I'm hearing what we should be hearing, which is that black America delivered the victory and helped save democracy. It's like, where was that before? Like we knew that was that's always the case. That's always the case. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, he's, he, his subtext of the entire speech was about unity 
unity with Trump supporters. But I also think he understands that he needs to create unity within the Democratic Party because, you know, all weekend you're hearing progressives and moderates fighting, everyone sort of debating who gets credit for for the victory. And like, ultimately, like, I think that is 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 bad for the Democratic Party to be having to be having these arguments. And I think that he recognizes that and he knows that he he owes not just that, you know, those 70,000 voters in, in the blue wall that he was probably able to sway on his own, mm-hmm. but that it, what really put him over the top was the black community in multiple cities. Right. Yeah. And again, like you said, I do think the Democrats obviously need to do a postmortem figure out, and we need to figure out exactly what the Biden coalition was, who were these people that he got together who was lost, who was found, all of that stuff. And so just to your point, Sammy, it's like to see some of the infighting online, like where just wild accusations are being made where some people are like, it's actually the progressives fault or it's the moderates fault. It's like, I think that we're going to need to go in with like precision in every single area and answer locality by locality what the situation is. Because we have many seats that were held by progressives Whereas like moderates lost seats, but also, I mean, there's just so many questions that anyone who's saying today, when we still don't have votes counted, that there's one thing that explains the entire Joe Biden map. I don't think that that person really has a leg to stand on. Also, we we won. So it's like, whose fault is it it that we won? Like, what do you mean? And I I was listening to... um, They said on Pod Save America something interesting, which I didn't know and hadn't considered, which is that during the midterms, Democrats activated a lot of people and Republicans just didn't. But Republicans in normal four-year races do have more voters and more turnout in some places. And they turned out for Trump and voted down the ticket. And so we just the way they put it was that just ran out of voters, some of these Democrats. And there are a Mm -hmm. lot of things like I said, we'll talk about in the coming months. But it's just so Sammy and I talked about this. Take the W. Why are we trying to figure out whose fault it is? Seventy. This is going to be one of the most, like the biggest popular vote margins, one of them in history. It's looking like it's quick approaching 6 million more votes. Yeah. Take the win and do what Republicans would do and talk about how big it is. Yeah, It's important we act like we're winning because when we don't, it plays right into their hand. And it just starts dividing us like immediately. Biden is over 51%. The last time that happened, I believe, was FDR. Like, that is not a small victory. And, like, that needs to be the headline. Yes. Biden really defeated Trump. It wasn't close. They, yeah. still, they don't want to admit that it's over, but, like, okay, I, yeah. I can't help you out of your denial. Yeah, this is a country that's half Republicans and half Democrats. No, And it, that will be the case, unfortunately, whether Donald Trump is on or a Trump is on the ticket or not. And how bad or how good the person at the top of the ticket is only goes so far. So let's talk about, we have to talk about Four Seasons Total Landscape. Oh, yay. If you missed this plot point, because it, it happened around the same time results were called, so it was nearly buried. But on Saturday morning, Trump's lawyers, a.k.a. Rudy Gianni, arranged a press conference in which the Trump team would sort of discuss the legal challenges. They said it was going to be at Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia, or they said Four Seasons. The implication is that it's at the Four well, Seasons Hotel. You're thinking of the hotel, certainly. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Call me crazy, but the event <laughs> actually was coordinated in the parking lot of Four Seasons Total Landscaping, a random landscaping company in between an adult bookstore called Fantasy Island and a crematorium. This is true. <laughs> this happened. <laughs> oh. If someone wrote that in a script, whoever was approving it would be like, I'm sorry, this is too out there. Right. Yeah. It's the Veep, like, 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 this is what happened to Michael Scott if he was running for president. Well, I saw (laughs) parodies of, like, that phone call, but I truly wonder who on the phone from the landscaping company was like, sure, I guess you can set up. I mean, I don't know. That's fine. (laughs) I do. Yeah, I do wonder, like, I guess when it's a landscaping company, they don't really ask that. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You guys want to use the property? I don't know. But we don't it's have to landscape. So just the photos of it are so funny. Like the, uh, the like incomplete step and repeat that like that Giuliani was talking in front of. And it was like, you could see the garage behind it. It was just like, this is the saddest thing. And for them not to like... We're telling our side to take the W. They never take the L. They're like, no, no we're still doing the event there. For them to not like <laughs> just cancel it and be like, hey, we actually re like to. F- I'm sure they could have found another place that wasn't next to an adult bookstore. <laughs> right? Well, what is an adult bookstore? Like books? Like you're telling sexy me that- erotic books? <laughs> yeah, adult content. Some it's people still buy. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, just literally at a strip mall. It's magnificent. It's gorgeous. I mean, I said, I don't, I would give, I would pay so much money to see Trump's reaction to hearing that that happened while he lost. I mean, during the speech. I know. The way it went down is that he tweeted about the press conference at Four Seasons Philadelphia. Then he deleted it and was like, correction, it will be at Four Seasons Total Left. But just because he changed and corrected it doesn't mean he wasn't furious before that. Right. But I think that this is just like compounding fury. Like I don't even think it can go any higher. Yeah. Than it, like, oh, I'm. I can't even imagine how miserable it must be to be around him right now. Oh my god. Yeah. I so let's talk about how miserable it must be to be him. Right I now. mean, yes. I hope. I hope it is more miserable than we could even imagine. He's still refusing to concede. Mm-hmm. Top Republicans are backing him up. I think only Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski at this point are the only senators that have said. Congratulations, Joe Biden. Even George W. Bush called Biden. And George W. Bush's dad was an incumbent loser. He knows yeah. it sucks. And he called Trump and said, or he called Biden and said, congrats, man, you did it. Concession obviously isn't necessary to end the race. Melania and Jared are reportedly urging Trump to come to terms with the loss and consider conceding. Eric and Don Jr. want them to like play it out. That's where we're at this morning. Very dangerous and bad. Yeah, definitely listen to Eric and Don Jr. Like, (laughs) don't listen to Jared or Melania or definitely of of your family. Listen to Eric and Don Jr. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's because they they're the their future career at income. I think is going to depend on this idea that Trump unfairly lost the presidency and they can go on like they can spend the rest of their lives being part of this group and they have these followings and all of these people agree and their main like animating thing in life is that trump should have been president again well yeah yeah, i think these people are gonna have a lot bigger problems to deal with legally 
than uh, like where they're getting a job to talk about how their dad should have been president. Right. Yeah. He still has $421 million to pay back. Like, who's going to, where's that money coming from? He's got to get a job. These people have to get jobs. <laughs> they got to get LinkedIn's. <laughs> Update your resume, dude. Update your resume. Get a LinkedIn. Put put some feelers out there. But hard. I mean, I really with his social media record to get hired anywhere. That's very true. That's very true. Half of his tweets are flagged. But I mean, I don't know where Ivanka and Jared are going to move after this. But they're going to move to New be... York apparently, and they're going to oh. try to get back into society. LOL. I'm going <laughs> to walk around like, praying after the way people to see celebrated, them. I don't see that. I'm going to walk around praying to see them in restaurants whenever we can go back inside restaurants just so I can yell at them and harass them. Oh, that will be my This is their curse. Their curse is that they can never return to New York society and that they are going to have to spend the rest of their lives hanging out with old people in Florida. You're right. And that's like, I mean, they might come back here and try, but like, yeah, there those- was a billboard in Times Square that was like New York or Ivanka thinks New Yorkers should die. <laughs> the best bet for them would be to like move to some compound in like Montana or Wyoming, like in a Kanye West esque way. Yes. And like homeschool their kids. Like that is the best bet for them to just kind of like yeah, take the their kids- money and run until the law finds them. I feel like the kids have a better chance because like Kushner is not as if you're in Wyoming and you meet someone named Kushner, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, that's definitely I the Kushner. A Trump anywhere. Yeah, exactly. A Trump anywhere. You're like, yo, come on. Yeah. yeah, I know who you are. Yeah, that's inescapable. We will be spending the rest of the week getting into what the transition looks like, the incoming Biden administration's plans. I mean, I hear phrases like a series of emergency executive orders, and it has a narcotic like, yes. feeling to me. I instantly felt like, oh, my God, something I just got shut up with something when I hear that. It's incredible. (laughs) And very basic sentences like rejoin the climate accord. We're here, guys. We did it. Until the end of democracy. (laughs) I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.